deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. You know, the more I think about it, the more I read about it, the more I watch, the more I listen. I think the, the problem and the problems with this Green Bay Packers team go a little bit deeper than what we've been talking about on the surface. Go deeper than the quarterback, deeper than the head coach, the general manager, past or present. I think there's a lot more to be found, and that's what we're starting today here on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. I want to talk Packers for the first 15 minutes or so. And we'll see how far it goes. See what your thoughts are on the five-star telecom at Talk and Text Line, 608-796-2558. We've talked about the general manager, both Brian Gutekunst and Ted Thompson. We, we focused in on, on the, the end of Thompson's tenure and, and maybe what destructive tendencies that his personnel management and roster management has affected and carried into this season and maybe last season and might continue into next or two years. You never know. That's going to ultimately rely on the current management and in Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball and everybody else in that front office. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers and you know his ability to maybe be a bit aloof, maybe a bit stubborn, maybe a bit too much of a perfectionist, if that's a thing. Uh, and I mean that as a as a slight, not a compliment. On his game, not on his uh, on his personality, although I think there is a little bit in his personality too. And we've talked about Mike McCarthy and, and the way that he is very bullheaded, very stubborn. And don't get me wrong, as a head coach, being stubborn isn't always a bad thing. There's a, a certain part of a coach that needs to believe in what he believes in and trust what he has trusted throughout his career and what has got him to the point where he has been coaching the Green Bay Packers now for 10 plus years. We've talked about that, right? Well, now we have a little more detail. Now we have something else to go off of. If you check out Twitter, if you're on Twitter, go ahead and give at WKTY a follow. I tweeted out an article. It was put out uh, seven or eight hours ago, just this morning, by the Monday morning quarterback, the MMQB, uh, an element of Sports Illustrated. And the little clickbait headlines before you actually click in and uh, and examine the rest of the article, which is very lengthy, but worth your time if you, uh, you want to check out uh, this article and, and really get into some detail. The article is called How It All Went Wrong in Packerland. And there's a couple quotes that are uh, that are framed in the tweet. Number one, an insane level of control. Quote, I think too many people have tried to say they created Aaron Rodgers. Quote, Aaron won't be upset this story is being written. Kalen Kaler went in search of answers to the question, how did it all go wrong in Packerland? And that's what I want to start off with today. It's a very lengthy article. Sports Illustrated, the MMQB, put it out. I'm sure some of you have read it today. I had to read it twice, and I'm, I'm not a fast reader. I'm not a great comprehender of long readings. So uh, oftentimes for my classes at UWL, i got to sit down. I can't listen to music. I can't have anything else going on, and i just got to sit and stare. And i got to reread and rethink and recheck a lot of things. So this Packers article, specifically what's going on with the Green Bay Packers, what's going wrong, shed a little bit of light onto some things that we haven't talked about. And look, Wisconsin Radio... And we can include David Scrady in this conversation. We can include Bill Michaels. Definitely include Bill Michaels, as he's got four hours to fill. And he is the self-proclaimed, you know, nobody talks more green and gold than Bill Michaels. That's his shtick, right? Packers. There were a couple quotations and a couple ideas mentioned in this article and described in this article that I have never heard talked about before. 
So that's what I want to get into today. And basically this article, which is very long, so I'm, I'm trying to do my best to wrap it up in a nutshell, can be described in three different parts. Number one, they talk about Ted Thompson. And this is nothing new, right? We've talked about his last couple draft classes and how that's lingered and how that lack of talent, especially young talent on the defensive side, has lingered into the first year of Brian Gutekunst's tenure and might linger farther than that as they try to rebuild this roster and inject it with some talent. That's where we start with Ted Thompson, but there's there's more about not just how the football side of things were ran in terms of drafting and developing and player acquisition. That's nothing new to us. But some details about how the Green Bay Packers as an organization were run, how they were managed, how they did things with their players and with their coaches, how they perceived themselves in the eye of the public. It's really crazy stuff. And if you listen to Bill Michaels, you'll hear him talk about and refer to the Green Bay Packers as Red China, right? Red China, Red China. Nothing leaves unless they put a stamp on it. You know, they're very very tight-lipped, especially under Ted Thompson. You know, they don't want any information going in or coming out that they don't have control over. Nothing that's not necessary. Packers fans are going to be Packers fans regardless of if uh, or the organization is transparent or if they're good communicators. We're going to show up to games. They know that. Really, really eye-opening stuff on the details and how this organization was ran under Ted Thompson. So I want to get to that. Number two, the second part of this very long article talks about Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, and their relationship, their symbiotic relationship now that's going on 10 plus years, going on a decade. Once again, we know there's tension, we know there's conflict, but there's a couple things I read in here that said, oh, there's a little nugget I've never heard before, right? That's something that I never thought about. Never knew that was going on. And another piece of the puzzle falls into place. We learn a little bit more about maybe exactly what's going on with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Really, really interesting. I want to get to that. And it breaks down both the personality of Aaron Rodgers and of Mike McCarthy. Maybe their their habits, their quirks that maybe over the course of 10 years has brought things to where they are now. I definitely want to get to that. That's really, really interesting stuff. And then third, just Mike McCarthy. Now look, I don't want to try to speak for all Packers fans. This is my thought on Mike McCarthy. You might feel differently, but this is, I feel like, if you were to take the temperature of Packers fandom, this is the the answer you would get. This is the the sentiment you would get regarding uh, the long-tenured head coach. Mike McCarthy, good football coach. He'll have a job. Uh, if he was fired today, he'd have a job tomorrow, right? We hear that a lot. He knows more football than most of us will ever forget in our lives, or he'll forget more football than we will ever know. Excuse me. A lot of respect for Mike McCarthy. Won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Has made the playoffs now how many years straight? Obviously ended last season. I think there's a lot of respect for Mike McCarthy, but I think the general sentiment is, but it's time for him to move on. I think the Green Bay Packers and Mike McCarthy, there's just no more juice to be squeezed from either of those lemons. You're not getting anything good. You need something fresh. You need a new voice. You need new ideas. Because as good as Mike McCarthy's football knowledge might be, and his acumen, as good as it might be, it's just not falling into listening ears on this Green Bay roster. And I think we understand that, right? I don't think any of us personally hate Mike McCarthy. And if you do, ease up. He's a football coach. We are football fans. There's no there's no need for that, right? I don't think any of us wish ill will on Mike McCarthy. I think much like last year was Groundhog Day for Ted Thompson in terms of, we'll give you one more year, see what you can do. That was this year for Mike McCarthy. And it really hasn't panned out as we thought. And I think at the end of this year, it, it will be time for the Packers and Mike McCarthy to part ways. We never know. That's what I would have to put money on if you asked me to put money on. 
And I think the general temperature of Packers fandom is, we like Mike McCarthy, respect everything he did. We understand his football knowledge and his ability to be a good coach. But at the end of the season, it's probably time for him to do so elsewhere. Right? Well, when you read the last part of this article, you hear some different things, you understand some different things, and there's some nuggets, some details, some little tidbits that you're like, hmm, I never thought about Mike McCarthy that way. I never pictured Mike McCarthy as that type of personality. Now, look, before we dig into this article, I want to preface this by saying it's a lot of unnamed sources. It's a lot of anonymous sources, as in a player close to the situation or a player familiar with the Packers front office. Now, I'm not saying those sources aren't good. I I think we all have respect for the work that Sports Illustrated does and has done for a long time. And we respect the MMQB, whether it has been under Peter King or now Andy Benoit and company. I think we can all respect the journalistic integrity of this piece. But it is a lot of unnamed sources. Maybe that gives the source just a little more confidence to say something or maybe go out on a limb where they're not sure because they know their name's not attached to it. So when we go swimming into all of these details and all these nuggets that was this MMQB piece released about eight hours ago, let's keep that in mind. Take it all with a grain of salt. I'm not saying don't listen to it. I'm not saying close your ears and don't believe it. All I'm saying is take it with a grain of salt. And we are really going to dissect all the pieces, all the factors of this Packers team and maybe why they aren't being successful. And it's not just this year. It wasn't just last year, but it's been a trend of, it's been harder and harder to collect wins for the Packers. It's been harder and harder to go on consistent winning streaks or winning runs. 2014 was the last time we've really seen a natural Packers season where they have some tough games, win some tough games, get a good seed and push into the playoffs in a normal way where they're not needing to run the table. They're not needing to win a bunch of games or limp into the playoffs. A lot of pieces that go into it. We're going to break it all down coming up next. If you have thoughts on the Green Bay Packers, the five-star telecom talking text line is always open. 608-796-2558. We'll get to that right around the corner after this break. I want to also remind you that if you check out the Twitter, follow at WKTY. I retweeted the Sports Illustrated article for those of you who want to peruse it with your own eyes. I'm going to give you some quotes verbatim because there are some interesting quotes in here. As I teased earlier on in this segment, you can also follow me at Keystroker Grant if you'd like to tweet me personally and share your thoughts here on the program. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. More to come next here on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for coming on board, sharing some time with me. We got some people on board the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line, and we'll get to them in just a moment. We are talking Green Bay Packers and how their problems go past Aaron Rodgers not playing his best. They go past Mike McCarthy maybe making some coaching errors or some blunders. There's a lot of factors at work here, and they were all written about this morning in the Monday Morning Quarterback, part of Sports Illustrated. And we're really going to dig into some of the details and some of the quotes in this article. Coming up here in a few minutes, but first, we got to get some thoughts from you fine people. Joe in Lacrosse, you are first up tonight. Thanks for calling in, my man. What's going on? Hey, thanks, Dan, for taking the phone call. Hey, just wanted to say, um, as we were talking about this whole Mike McCarthy and um, Packers' relationship unraveling and how we're kind of all foreseeing his departure at the end of this season, um, I was watching a football life a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and it was on Andy Reid. And it was talking about back when he was in the Eagles, with the Eagles, and all the success that he had through the years and how he basically got ran out of Philadelphia at the end of his career with 
with the Eagles because the fans and everyone had just pretty much decided that they had enough and there wasn't the chemistry anymore. And I really think that a lot of what's going on with the Packers and Mike McCarthy um, kind of resembles what happened with Andy Reid and the Eagles uh, when he departed. Joe, I think there's a lot of parallels. I want to ask you this while I have you. We saw Andy Reid transition to Kansas City and really put together a brand new offense, like integrate some some college football stuff. Now, he came out of that West Coast offense tree with Holmgren and, and with a lot of other of these coaches like Mike McCarthy. Do you think Mike, if he is lucky enough to get another job, and I think he will, the question may be a head coaching job or an offensive coordinator job, do you think he can reinvent himself and, and do some different things at his next stop? That's a really good question, Grant. Um, I I do think he can, and I wish him all the luck if he does depart from the Packers. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about him going possibly to the Cleveland Browns, um, so that would be interesting to see that unravel as well. But, um, yeah, I, I do think he can reinvent himself, and um, I just don't think it's going to happen with the Packers right now with what we've been seeing and all the chemistry issues. I think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that um, is kind of coming out as the season's going on. Yeah, and Joe, there is a lot going on behind the scenes, and that's a lot of what we're talking about today. And I appreciate the thought, Joe. Thanks for calling in on the Five Star Telecom talking text line. One thing you said was there's chemistry problems. There's you know there's problems inside the locker room. I think when a coach leaves to go somewhere else, gets new players, gets new faces, all new bodies around him, and it becomes easier to reinvent yourself as a coach because you're doing so in front of in front of new people, right? You're not looking over, and Aaron Rodgers is saying, "Really, Mike? You're trying to trying to." lie to everyone by saying that, you know, we're going to do this differently. I've been playing with you 10 years now, Mike. You can't pull that over on me. And that's a luxury you have when you're around brand new players. Uh, Toma Dan on the five-star telecom talking text line says, Grant, I start my day with Dave and Scrady, and I start my evening with you. Coffee in the morning, cocktail in the evening. You guys are great. Keep up the good work. Toma Dan, I appreciate that as always. Thank you. And it uh, it is interesting. If it was Friday, Dan, I might be having a cocktail right along with you. I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to do that on the air, but uh, hopefully we'll be, uh, I'll be joining you there soon enough. Matt says, what shape would the Packers be in if they didn't fire McCarthy this year? I'm assuming you're meeting at the end of this year. How else could they improve? Could McCarthy save his job? I, I, Matt, that's a good question. Short of maybe winning the Super Bowl, which is such a... It's so out there at this point now as the Packers sit at 4-6-1. and one. No, I don't really think there is a way McCarthy could fix his job. But the only one who can answer that question is Mark Murphy because we haven't really had to see Mike or Mark Murphy rather in action. We haven't had to see him making these decisions, so I think it's all going to be a learning curve as to how Mark Murphy handles this. Now they can improve in a lot of different ways, and that's what I want to get into. Um, the, the the involvement from you guys has been so fantastic. I haven't even had to touch this Monday morning quarterback piece yet. Let's start with McCarthy and all the things that were said about McCarthy because that's been uh, the biggest part of this discussion so far. And we all know that there's been tension between Mike McCarthy and, and Aaron Rodgers. One of the things that I found was really interesting, and this was, once again, anonymously sourced by Sports Illustrated from someone who is close to the organization, which, by the way, like I said in the first segment, you always have to take that with a grain of salt because you never know. They're both described like like alpha males, like really, really, they want to be the guy. And you don't really get that vibe from from Mike McCarthy, so I think that could be surprising uh, from somebody who hasn't had an, a chance to interact with Mike McCarthy. When people familiar with the two, now this is right from the article, when people familiar with the two were asked to describe their relationship, most say it is defined by tension. Until this year, it was a healthy tension that lifted both the quarterback and coach. In 2018, something has been different. Let me remind you that last year, Brett Hundley played most of the season, so there was no space, there was no medium for that tension and that stress to to float to the top, Right. 
McCarthy and Rodgers didn't have to be in many stressful situations down the stretch last year. That was Brett Hundley. Think back to 2016. Everything was gravy. They started 4-6 and six and had the, the season finished that way. Maybe Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, this would have been bubbling over two years ago. It wasn't the case. They make the NFC Championship game and winning cures all, as we often say. Go back to 2015. That's when the tension really was talked about the most, when the Packers were, something was off. Aaron Rodgers was off. They barely made the playoffs. Uh, and then they won the first round against Washington and then eventually lost to the Cardinals in overtime. They won enough those two years for this tension to not become too big of a story. This year, it's been hard to ignore. Because, and this is, once again, straight from the article, McCarthy is the play caller, but because Rodgers is so intelligent and such a good improv- improvisational player, the quarterback has the green light to change plays on the field as he sees fit. That's not new to us, right? We talk about that all the time. And because of that, it's difficult for Mike McCarthy to get into a rhythm as a play caller. And that's what this article goes on to describe. If McCarthy calls a play that Rodgers doesn't like early in the game, that can sour the mood for the rest of the game. Several sources familiar with the inner workings of the organization say that it devolved into a competition over who can call the better play and both want the credit when things go right. That's really telling right there. Devolved into a competition over who can call the better play and both want credit when things go right. Now, say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. Say what you want about Mike McCarthy. And, and maybe Vikings fans or people who aren't as entrenched as a fan of Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they get this. Maybe they pick up this vibe from Aaron Rodgers. No, I think he's quite aloof. I think he's very confident, and he's got that little smirk all the time. But he's not Richard Sherman. He's not Jalen Ramsey. He's not talking trash on the field for the most part. I mean, we had that spat with Anthony Barr last year. You know, he's not flexing his muscles uh, into the camera. You know, he'll give a little he'll give a little jump, a little skip after a touchdown. That's one thing. But I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers comes across. I mean, he wasn't Cam Newton in 2015. We don't really get the vibe that Aaron Rodgers demands credit, that he feels as though he deserves credit. But several sources familiar with the inner workings of the organization say exactly that, not only about Aaron Rodgers, but about his coach, Mike McCarthy, as well. And if there was a vibe that I got from Aaron Rodgers of deserving of of entitlement regarding credit when they win, then I definitely don't get it from Mike McCarthy. The guy who goes up to the podium and kind of says what needs to be said and step down, regardless of a loss was his fault or somebody else's fault, he's going to take the blame, he's the coach, and I want to get off the podium and, and go start coaching again. Get back into the locker room, go watch some film, get ready for next week. That was new to me. Devolved into a competition over who can call the better play, and that both individuals want credit when things go right. Both want credit when things go right. I think that's really, really telling. Mike McCarthy was also written about individually, so this is outside of their relationship, outside of the Aaron Rodgers-Mike McCarthy bubble. And it starts back in 2017. Now, this is a story we're familiar with, but maybe we undervalued and underestimated the significance of this story. So remember in 2017, Brett Hundley obviously becomes the starting quarterback for the second stretch of the season. Brett Hundley obviously does not play very well. And because of that, as a reaction, I think a lot of us just consider this a reaction to the subpar play by Brett Hundley. Alex Van Pelt, the quarterback coach, was let go. And then we all remember, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Well, that was an interesting decision. You know, really wasn't consulting me. I believe he he said so on the Dan Patrick show or on, on one media show in the, uh, in the offseason. I think that had bigger ripple effects reading this article uh, than I did previous to. This says, one source says, close to Rodgers, 
that the quarterback's relationship with Signetti, which was the quarterback coach brought in to replace Van Pelt, is nowhere near as close as it was with Van Pelt, who is now the quarterback's coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Really interesting thing, and, I, and I'm not going to read this verbatim, Aaron Rodgers and the Van Pelts were very close friends. Rodgers would go over there, have dinner with Van Pelt and his family and his children. Interesting. Never knew that before. They were very, very close. Not just through a workplace relationship, but apparently outside as well. When asked why Van Pelt is no longer in Green Bay, several sources close to the team say they believe because Van Pelt had Rodgers' ear, McCarthy saw him as a threat. Now that's something we've talked about. Conflict from Rodgers and McCarthy and you know the mismanagement of Ted Thompson, especially at the end of his tenure. That is something that I have never heard before. Saying that McCarthy hired somebody or, or kept somebody around because he didn't view them as a threat. Now, I've heard that rumored. I think we can look at the situation. I mean, look at Ron Zook, his special teams coordinator, or Joe Philbin, his offensive coordinator. Ron Zook, special teams coordinator, excuse me. Joe Philbin was a a miserable failure as a head coach. And that happens. I'm not saying that's a personal indictment on Joe Philbin, but he didn't exactly light the world world on fire down in Miami. Brings him back. Instead of searching for the next thing, the next thing, he brought in the old thing. The thing that he knew. He knew that Joe Philbin had been a failure as a a head coach. Bring him back in. Something he was familiar with. Pretty unrisky move. Ron Zook. Let's face it. He's not exactly the the face of excitement in youth. You know. Used to coach at Illinois. Not exactly glamorous. Former head coach. Failed head coach. Brought in to work with Mike McCarthy. Now there's another wrinkle where McCarthy likes to work with people who have been head coaches before. Because he likes their independence. Is it solely for independence, or is it because he doesn't view those coaches as a threat? He doesn't want, uh, um, let's think, uh, who was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings last year, now coaching for the um, the New York Giants. I'm very embarrassed that I can't think of his name. It'll come to me. Anyways, revolutionary last year with what he did with Case Keenum and, and the interesting... Uh, you know, Stephon Diggs, not your typical wide receiver. He's not Calvin Johnson. He's not Julio Jones. A little bit smaller, a little bit faster. Found ways to use him and Adam Thielen and, and work it all around. He was lifted right away. Taken out by the Giants. Yeah, I don't really see that happening with Joe Philbin. Right? I don't really see that happening with Joe Philbin. And nobody is going to say, hey, Joe Philbin, he's the reason that the Packers are playing well. He's the reason why why Aaron Rodgers has taken the next step. And that was how this article or this portion of the article concluded. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The question asks in this article. McCarthy wants credit for Aaron Rodgers, who he is, a source familiar with the inner workings of the organization. I think too many people have tried to say they created Aaron Rodgers. Fascinating. Maybe a little ego there with Mike McCarthy. Maybe just a little bit. Something that I haven't seen before. When we come back, we'll go to the five-star telecom talking text line. People chiming in about this this Packers drama and the details that some of which we had not seen yet. Really, really interesting. So we'll get to the five-star telecom talking text line. Wrap up the Packers talk and move on to a couple bigger and better things as the Wisco Sports Show rolls on. Here, you're listening to WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY 96.7 FM and 580 AM. You can also stream us live at our website, WKTYsports.com, and on our mobile application. I'm your host, Grant Bills. A lot of discussion regarding the Packers and some of the issues. Andrew in lacrosse, making sure he gets his point across now on the text line. Mike McCarthy's career with the Packers reminds me of Thanksgiving leftovers. 
wow, were they good the first day, but by day 10, you're hoping somebody finishes that last bit of stuffing so you don't have to. McCarthy is no different at this point. He was great the first few years, but at this point, the game plans aren't as appetizing as they used to be. Andrew, that might be the best take I've heard so far today, and it is wildly accurate. The key is eating up all the leftovers before they get old. It's a big challenge, Andrew. Uh, but but one that I think uh, that we can be up to. We just have to uh, we just have to apply ourselves. You got to get to that food quick. Uh, back to the five star telecom talking text line. Foreman has a little bit of a different opinion, uh, and I'm interested to hear it. Foreman, what are your thoughts? Well, it's just everyone's blaming McCarthy for Rogers' play call. I mean, to be honest, he's probably called 75 percent of the game. If if McCarthy calls a play he don't like, he's going to change it. I mean, he's that type of quarterback. It's just not fair, I don't think. Do you think it's it's unfair for McCarthy to give that much leeway to Aaron Rodgers and, and the ability to change all those plays whenever he wants? No, not necessarily that. I just I just think he's being the scapegoat because they don't want to look stupid for giving such an old quarterback such a big guaranteed contract. Ooh, see, I love I love Foreman bringing the uh, the criticism of Aaron Rodgers because it's something sometimes that we desperately need. Thank you, Foreman. Uh, the five star telecom talk and text line open all night long six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. We hate on Mike McCarthy enough. Got to remind ourselves, and this article goes on to talk about it. And it's not just the fact that okay, if the play call is bad. Blame Aaron Rodgers because he's probably the one who changed it. It goes deeper than that, right? In this article, and we've been talking about this so far, that has strained the relationship. Because Aaron Rodgers has so much freedom to essentially step on the toes of Mike McCarthy and his play call if he wants to. Probably doesn't every play. But this article said, for those of you who missed it, regarding the relationship of Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, several sources familiar with the inner workings of the organization say it has devolved into a competition over who can call the better play and both want the credit when things go right. Regardless of if the correct play is getting called or not, informing you're saying, look, if you don't like something on the field, chances are it's of Aaron Rodgers doing. And I'm saying, absolutely, that is the case. But you have to look past the play call itself to what kind of dynamic does that create between your quarterback and your head coach? Two players who are supposed to be, you know, hand in hand, know each other like the back of our hands, be able to read each other's minds and have that relationship because ultimately the offense clicks through the both of them. And they can't get along because they keep stepping on each other's toes and they're competing to see who can be the smarter, better play caller. Boy. It's not just about the play call. It's about the dynamic in that locker room and on the sideline with those two as well. Really, really crazy stuff uh, between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers in this Monday morning quarterback piece, which is what we're kind of referencing today. Sports Illustrated tweeted it out uh, this morning about seven or eight hours ago. I retweeted it at our Twitter account, at WKTY. So if you don't follow us, A, get over there, follow it. Uh, and, and you can have access to a lot of that good stuff as well as I try to retweet material that we're talking about on the show. Just to keep you all in the loop, uh, keep myself in the loop as well. The final piece of this article is we do kind of, at some point today, got to move past a little bit of Packers talk into, into some bigger and better things. Actually, this article opens with it. It kind of goes in chronological order, and they talk about Ted Thompson. Look. Before we start this, Ted Thompson was a tremendous general manager for a very long time. He drafted well for a very long time and picked his spots with free agents. He won a Super Bowl in Green Bay, and he is rightfully and fairly going to be inducted into the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame very soon. That being said, and we've we've said as much on this show, the last couple of years of his tenure as a general manager were far from stellar, okay? Sources familiar, and this is straight from uh, the Sports Illustrated piece. We're going to talk a little bit more about Ted Thompson and and the impact that he had on this organization. Sources familiar with the inner workings of the organization said that lower-level personnel employees explored trades 
and initiated conversations with other teams around three or four times each year, but they could never get very far because they would require Thompson's cooperation and approval. Scouts on the pro side were often frustrated because they felt like their hard work went to waste. They would spend weeks putting together reports about free agents, and Thompson would rarely give them a look. Frustrating to be a part of that front office. Now that extends down. Uh, One person close to this organization said, it's an insane level of control. No fun. It's all about the Packers brand and being a vice president. The most important people in the organization are the VPs, the players, and all that. That comes later. Some of the stuff written about in this article, especially regarding Ted Thompson's regime and the way it was ran, especially as Thompson was there longer and longer and longer and probably gained in comfort and in uh, and in confidence. Really dark, really odd stuff. Almost, I, and I don't want to compare it to, to government because obviously communism and fascism are horrible things and they're not really to be talked about lightly and, and not really just compared to, to sports lightly either, but it almost sounds fascist. It almost sounds communist. You know, one have or one or two haves and a lot of have-nots. You know, we come first, we'll worry about you later. And maybe because that's the way the Green Bay Packers were ran, and it doesn't exactly sound like a secret to some of these sources, maybe that's why Ted Thompson never pursued any free agents because he knew nobody wanted to come, regardless of who was playing quarterback. And I think that culture is now seeing a slight change. I think you're seeing things open up. But what happened with Martellus Bennett last year? I mean, that just never worked from the get-go. A vocal player who liked to be involved in things other than football? That just never worked out. And there were plenty of sources that said when that ship had run its course, it said, yeah, that was never going to work from the beginning. No surprise here. Ouch. Another uh, bad look on Ted Thompson, who's kind of become a punching bag for Green Bay Packers fans. Uh, but, uh, but you know, we can't talk about Ted Thompson forever. One of, the, one of the funny things, on a lighter note, that I read in this article in terms of Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers' relationship and how they manage that, uh, it threw it back and it talked back to Mike Holmgren and Brett Favre's relationship. And as it was nearing its end, you know, the, and that's why Mike McCarthy was eventually brought in, right? Well, Holmgren and Favre were known for kind of their fiery relationship and their spats and their arguments and their tension. And Matt Hasselbeck, who was a backup quarterback, obviously, from 98 until 2000, said that Holmgren would threaten to fire Andy Reid, who we just talked about a couple of minutes ago on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. He would threaten to fire Andy Reid, Favre's beloved quarterback coach, whenever the QB was stepping out of line. Quote, and this is from Hasselbeck, if you change the play one more time, I will fire Andy Reid. Do you want him to be unemployed? (laughs) And Hasselbeck said it was actually a good way to reach Brett. Brett loved Andy, so it was like, no, anything but that. And he says that I think that kind of tension is fairly normal. The the thing about tension, though, and it is normal, and and I think that's a, a funny anecdote to kind of put a lighter mood on the rest of the Wisco Sports Show here today. The thing about tension is, you eventually have to win. Otherwise, tension continues to grow and grow and instead of constructive tension, productive tension that's leading to better ideas, you know, better plays, better games, which I mean, competition and intention breeds all of that stuff. That's the capitalist idea, right? Is you're, you're going to get the best product. Well, the problem with that is if there is tension and uncomfort and competition and you're not going anywhere, you're just running in quicksand, which the Packers have been doing since the end of the 2014 season, it's going to get worse. And it's not going to go away and it's going to hinder your ability to produce good good games, good plays, good performances. And I think that's what we've seen now. And as we saw with Holmgren at the end of his tenure, just needed a change. Holmgren was a tremendous football coach. I think one of the best coaches of that era. Right or wrong, a quarterback is a little bit more difficult to find. And if you have that Hall of Fame quarterback, you don't necessarily need that Hall of Fame coach. I'm not saying Mike McCarthy isn't a Hall of Fame coach, but they were a little more comfortable making a move 
with the head coach than they were with the quarterback. And I think that mirrors very closely what is going to happen in Green Bay. I'm expecting here within the next two or so months. Mark Murphy could surprise the world. He could extend Mike McCarthy. He could double down. I'm not saying that's not a possibility. I would just be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Five Star Telecom talking text line has been hopping it today. Matt, Joe, Andrew, Dan, all chiming in. I want to thank you for your, and Foreman as well. I want to thank you for your contributions. Don't forget to check out our Twitter page at WKTY where you can see uh, the um, all of the the work and, and what, what what's the word I'm looking for? The content. That's it. For example, this Sports Illustrated article that I tweeted out just before the show, and I see we got a couple people checking it out on Twitter, which is awesome. Thank you for your interaction. Thank you for your interest uh, in the Wisco Sports Show and in what we're talking about today. Now, when we come back, it's it's kind of a hodgepodge. I have a couple things to talk about. Uh, once, I want to take it back to last Tuesday when we checked in and talked just a little bit of Bucks basketball. I want to do some of that. Now, if you're not a Bucks fan, this is going to be interesting. And I want to continue to try to sell you on Bucks basketball as it is a growing brand here in the state. And it obviously is carried right here on WKTY. So you want to check that out. I promise it'll be worth your while coming up around the corner. And also a little look in at Thursday Night Football and what is to come here on WKTY in just under an hour and a half. Because we will be carrying that game tonight, Thursday Night Football. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. A lot yet to get to. Don't worry about going anywhere. You're not going to want to miss it. Coming up here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Don't forget, and we're wrapping up the Packers talk, and we had some really awesome Packers conversation today. If you missed it, don't worry. It's always available at WKTYsports.com, where my entire show, every day, the the full thing, you don't have to miss out on any of it, is posted in the podcast section, as is Dave and Scrady's show, and all of our programming here on WKTY. So you can catch yourself up if you miss the show. You don't have to. Check it out at WKTYsports.com. We also have a Badger ticket giveaway going on right now. If you go to WKTYsports.com, click on the Win Stuff tab. It could not get any more self-explanatory, more easy. Just... Give it a click, and you can enter to win a couple uh, Badger tickets to see them take on Rutgers during conference play at the Coles Center. So you can check that out. Pretty easy. All at WKTYsports.com. Now, we do have to move on. I want to talk a little bit of Bucks basketball. And if you're not a Bucks fan, allow me uh, allow me a second to try to sell you. Don't tune me out. I, I think this will be interesting. Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. All right. That's just not necessary. There are, there are, I'm sure there are plenty of people listening, especially Bucks fans and non-Bucks fans alike. And if you're not a fan, that's just fine. I, I want to have a check-in because we were able to sit down and have a conversation with Matt Velasquez, Bucks beat reporter for the Journal Sentinel last week, and get some really in, insightful talk uh, about a couple of players and the team as a whole and, and the coach because they are playing really, really good basketball right now. Don't forget, you can always hear Bucks action here on WKTY and how they're playing right now. Now, last night, the Bucks had a three-point win over the Chicago Bulls. Now, the consensus is the Bulls are rebuilding. They're a young team. They're struggling to put together some wins and learn how to play. Because if you're not a follower of the NBA, and, and you probably know this, even if you're not a fan of the NBA, the players are getting younger. They're entering the league at a younger age. So you're drafting sometimes 18, 19-year-olds. Well, even if you're a tremendous basketball player, which obviously these kids drafted in the first round are, it takes you a while just to get your body right, just to get big enough and strong enough and to figure out how to train and how to recover and do all the things that is necessary of an NBA player. So that in and of itself can't be ignored. That's the Bulls' situation right now. That's the situation the Bulls are in. A lot of young players, 
It'll lose some games, get some more good draft picks before finally turning the corner with some of their uh, their older experienced players when the time comes. Bucks are in a little bit different position. They have a superstar, one of the best 10, uh, I, I would argue up near the top five, but undisputably a top 10 player in the world, not just in the NBA, as Matt Velasquez reminded of us last week, because the NBA does have the best players in the world. They have a lot of Older, uh, and when I say old, I don't mean older, but a lot more experienced, a lot more developed players, such as a Chris Middleton, uh, and is now a Brooke Lopez and an Eric Bledsoe, guys who've been around the block, been on, at some cases, multiple teams, and have played through multiple contracts. They know what they're doing. Bucks are in a little bit different position than the Bulls, and I think a lot of people were shocked last night when the Bucks barely squeaked by with a three-point win. Yesterday's parlay picks on Dave and Scrady when I was hosting with Dave yesterday morning, uh, the spread, I believe, for the, the Bucks game was set at like somewhere near 14 points, just under 15 points. And both Dave and I bet the Bulls to cover, which is eventually what ended up happening. Uh, more great gambling tips and insight here on WKTY. I thought that one was a pretty easy uh, bet to make. And people were, were were fairly upset on Twitter, especially hardcore Bucks fans last night. And I just, a, a word of caution, a word of patience. The NBA season will not be decided. The champion will not be decided until next June. June. It is currently November. Now, November's wrapping up, don't get me wrong, but... There's a long ways to go. Got to get through Christmas. Got to get through the All-Star break. Into March and into April when the playoffs eventually start. I, I don't I don't worry too much about the score of last night. Now, I know it's been a, a trend in the past with the Bucks to play down to the level of their competition. And it's an interesting trend and an interesting storyline that I'm going to continue to follow and continue to pay attention to. I want to see how... We, we know how Jason Kidd handled games like this last year. When the Bucks came out against a wildly inferior team and just barely scraped out a win or even took a loss. We know how Jason Kidd handled it. We know how his interim head coach, Joe Prunty, handled it. What I want to learn as the season goes on is how does Mike Budenholzer handle the challenge of an 82-game season over the course of months and months and months? How does he handle it? What adjustments does he make? How does he get to know this Bucks team? Because they are still a relatively young pairing, this coach and this Bucks team. Interested to see. Uh... Fascinating statistic for those of you who don't follow the Bucks closely or maybe are trying to follow the Bucks closer. This is a little bit of a sales pitch. Look, they got some great players. We all know about Giannis. We know that he is tremendous uh, and one of the best 10, if not five best players in the world. The Bucks got some players, and, and I know there are a couple of them in contract years, including Eric Bledsoe, and, and there's a former Rookie of the Year in Malcolm Brogdon, and Pat Connaughton continues to just ball out in his first year with this team after coming over from... Uh, from Portland, and a Notre Dame product, nonetheless. Scrady. Gotta love that. Chris Middleton has been balling out. Now, he hit the game-winning shot to go up by three with just a couple of seconds left on the shot clock last night. Now, Kane Pittman uh, brought this stat up on Twitter. He covers the Bucks in Australia for a, an Australian basketball source, and he's often at the uh, at the Pfizer Forum or what was the Bradley Center last year. He shared this yesterday. Here's the extensive list of players in the NBA averaging 18 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists while shooting at least 40% from 3 in this season. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists while shooting 40% from 3 point. There's two players on this list. Two players. One is Steph Curry and the other is Chris Cash Middleton. Love that. Chris Middleton may be, and I'm not saying this as a Bucks fan, I'm saying this as an NBA fan, because there is a big part of me that even once the Bucs are eliminated from the playoffs, or when the Bucs aren't playing, that loves to sit down and watch NBA basketball and follow the drama and, and follow all the details. 
Chris Middleton may be one of the most underrated players, if not the most underrated player in the entire NBA. I truly mean that. I think if he was playing in Washington, he would be more well-known. I think if he was playing anywhere else, he would be better known and better respected. And we would speak of him in the level of players like Bradley Beal, who is now on the trading block, I believe, out of Washington. And he's been obviously making headlines. I think Chris Middleton is that kind of player. And I think he's one of the most wildly underrated players in this league. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the Bucks, tune into a couple games or tune in here on WKTY. Whenever they're playing, you can hear them here on the station, right where you're listening now, whether you're on the AM or FM dial, you're streaming. Tune in and watch a Bucks game. Check them out. Watch Giannis because he's doing some unprecedented things in terms of dunking the basketball and the, and the rate that he is dunking the basketball. Oh my goodness, it's been just absurd. Like six or seven dunks a game. Something we haven't seen uh, from any player, at least in a while. So check in, watch a couple Bucks games, tell me what you think, and we'll continue some uh, some Bucks chatter here on the Wisco Sports Show every once in a while when we can fit it in because you guys brought it with the Packers chatter today. And you can still bring it if you have any parting shots, parting comments on the Packers or any team. 608-796-2558. And you can join in on the conversation on the Five Star Telecom talk and text line. To wrap up the show today, I want to talk about a couple of things. I, I think it's hilarious because we are carrying Monday night football. Or not Monday night. Good Lord. Thursday night football here on WKTY. Are you ready for some football? Scrady loves him some football. Got to set the table for Thursday night football tonight. The Saints and the Cowboys. And it's it's really, really funny, right? We know the Saints. They're a one-loss team. They haven't lost since August. Or September, whenever the season got kicked off. I don't even know. They haven't lost since week one, and they're playing tonight. That's obviously exciting. We want to watch that, right? But but I'm being told that we are all really excited to watch the Cowboys. Have any of you heard this? Maybe you're watching ESPN today, or you were listening to Dan Patrick or any other national, uh, especially ESPN, uh, saying, hey, Cowboys playing great football. Exciting team right now. Really excited to watch the Cowboys and the Saints. It should be a really good game. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, the entire country really, really pumped up to watch the Cowboys on primetime in AT&T Stadium because we don't see enough of that ugly stadium. There's no character to that stadium. I know it's big and it's beautiful and and they do a lot of events in there and it's really, really ground. It was groundbreaking when it was built. Cutting edge. It's just ugly. The field is gray. The fans sit nine miles away from the field. It looks more like a mall than it does like a football field, but that's beside the point. Apparently, we're all excited to watch the Cowboys. The Red Hot Cowboys, one game over 500, coming for the NFC East. Because Alex Smith broke his leg, and the Eagles, for whatever reason, can't figure it out. And the Giants can't either. I don't understand that. Just a bunch of bad football teams. Oddly enough, outside of Washington, I think the Dallas Cowboys are the least entertaining team to watch out of that division. I'd love to watch the Giants. I mean, if we're only choosing NFC East teams. Uh, Because of Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham. Yeah, Let's get excited to watch the Cowboys, everybody. Can't wait to turn it on tonight, and I'm not downplaying it because I'm really excited. It's been a couple days without football, and I can't wait to watch the Saints and see if they can't continue to play at this rate that they are playing at. So I'm not downplaying this game. I'm downplaying the fact that we are all being spoken for uh, in our excitement about the Dallas Cowboys. Apparently, we're all really fired up. You guys didn't get the memo. (laughs) So Saints and Cowboys tonight here on WKTY. That coverage will begin at 7. Uh, The game starts around 7.20, 7.30, but we do have a little Westwood One pregame here on WKTY. Now, if you are ever wondering... What games you can find here on WKTY, you just have to check at WKTYsports.com, the sports calendar of all of the events that we carry, whether it's national, local, NBA, NFL, MLB, it is right on there. And looking forward to tomorrow, because I will not be on the air tomorrow, we will have the Badger Roundtable show instead with Zach Heilprin and the boys. Zach and the boys, one more time, 
uh, including Monte Ball and the, the, your regular cast of char- characters on that Badger Roundtable show. One more time as they kind of wrap up the regular season and look towards the bowl, whatever that may be. We'll find out soon enough. Uh, I will not be on the air tomorrow, but something that you can hear tomorrow night is the Lacrosse Central at Marshfield game. We will be bringing that to you at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock um, tip-off, so about 6.50. Start listening for that pregame to come on, uh, and we will have the call for you. As Central tries to get back to the state championship game, a lot of those players one year older, one more year of experience, one more year of chemistry playing together, and it should be exciting. It should be a really good time. So make sure you're tuning into Central Basketball tomorrow night. Thursday night football tonight here on WKTY, even though I despise the Cowboys and I hate I hate that we are spoken for and the fact that we're excited to watch the Cowboys. They're surging. Can't wait. Yeah, okay. Whatever, man. Uh, Good show today. Thanks for everybody who chimed in on the five-star telecom talk and text line, whether it was Joe, Foreman, Dan, Matt in lacrosse as well. Thanks for your uh, your contributions and some really good Packers talk. I'm glad to, to get some discussion and to get some back and forth because sometimes I wonder if I'm the only one feeling the way that I do, and it sounds like we all have some some thoughts about this Packers team and and we'll continue to follow them as they march towards well one of two things most likely their offseason or uh, at about less than 10% chance possibly a playoff berth we'll see we'll talk about that more on Monday the Packers take on the Cardinals of Arizona on Sunday and that game will be very telling If if the Packers go out and get a blowout maybe all will be well and it will be fun and rainbows and and butterflies on Monday. We'll see. You all have a fantastic weekend. I'll get to talk to you on Monday. I can't wait. Do it then.